Good morning. We're reflecting this morning on the events of Good Friday and we're doing it from the experience of lockdown, of not having had the same human contact that we could even a month ago in a very different lifestyle to what we're used to. And maybe there's a statement that's common today that was also common among the followers of Jesus. I don't understand. I don't understand. And from a Christian point of view, we may have theories about how God is using the coronavirus. Maybe God is allowing this period of time in order to draw people towards him, to place our hope in him rather than rely on things that would normally give us comfort and support. Maybe it's provided a time for communities to work together, for people to find different methods of communication, to provide families who normally live together that time to be closer and cement relationships. For some, it could be about the environment improving in a healthy way, with less pollution from things like planes and cars and some factories closing. And there have already been reports from Wuhan about the positive impact on the environment following lockdown. Well, one thing we should steer away from is the thought that God has created the virus, but rather to focus on the wonderful verse in Romans 8:28. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those that love him, who've been called according to his purpose. And likewise, at the end of Genesis, telling the story of the life of Joseph, he says to his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So God is in the business of turning round the plans of the evil one and bringing good out of them. And often in these situations, it's only by looking back in years to come that we can measure the positive impact of a time like this. Looking back, we might be able to say, I think I'm beginning to understand. Turn the clock back to the time of Jesus, a period of ministry that has seen him turn round the lives of so many people, healings, miracles, teaching about God's kingdom. And he'd gathered round him 12 special people devoted to the cause. And their lives had been turned around. They'd been witnesses to all that Jesus had been doing. But in their eyes, it was only the beginning of what the master was going to achieve. But in the middle of all that, the understanding of who Jesus was and the implications of what he was about to do wasn't there. And we find this in the words of two other friends that were on a walking journey to Emmaus after Jesus' death and resurrection. They were sad about his death. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed, but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And one of the 12 close friends, well, we know that one, Judas Iscariot, betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. For most of the others, it was being overcome by fear, including Peter, who was too scared to admit that he had been a friend of Jesus. We know from scripture, possibly that only one disciple, John, was present at the time of the crucifixion. 
In his darkest moment, most of his friends had deserted him. We don't understand. We don't know what's going on. Looking back now, we can see the sacrificial love evident in Jesus through those horrible last hours and on the cross. We can link the events of Good Friday as we read the Old Testament scriptures to see that this was God's plan all along. To come to earth in the form of a man and go through the pain, suffering and death as a sacrifice. Bev's reading from the Old Testament book of Isaiah speaks into that situation. Scriptures that would have been known to those surrounding Jesus, but they didn't understand. It may be that you never grasped the significance of Jesus' death, the events that we're remembering today, that you've not been able to recognise the deep sacrificial love of Jesus, that he was prepared to go through the most horrific and degrading death possible to bring about a change in the course of whole history. Maybe you're still saying, I don't understand. Why not take time to reflect over this Easter weekend and ask God to give you the understanding that can transform the meaning and purpose of your life. If you've Christian friends, talk to them about their faith or contact us at Norwich Central on the email address that will roll through at the end of this service. We'd love to share more about how Jesus has impacted our lives. But of course, that's not the whole story. What Satan intended for evil, God intended for good, to accomplish the saving of many lives. The temptation of Judas for money above the life of his friend. The spirit of fear in Peter and the other disciples. All tactics of the evil one to throw Jesus' work off course. The pain of death and the voluntary weight of sin taken by Jesus as a result of what Satan has brought into the world. But the story ends in ultimate victory. Jesus exclaimed on the cross, it is finished. Not that his life is defeated, uh, in a way that few would remember in years to come, but his work in defeating death was complete. It is finished. The ultimate victory that we will celebrate on Easter Sunday. Jesus resurrected from the dead, alive again. But not only that, but death defeated, so that you and I may share eternal life with him. Hallelujah. And what of the disciples? Well, apart from Judas, they began to understand the significance of what had happened and being filled with the Holy Spirit, went out in power to proclaim what had happened and the impact it would have on the whole world. May the Holy Spirit help us today to understand and respond to Jesus' sacrifice on the cross.